This is Commonwealth Real Financial Talk with Michael Widlake from Commonwealth Guardians. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Michael provides his clients and prospects the information they need regarding social security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful strategies to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now here is Commonwealth Real Financial Talk with Michael Widlake. Hello and welcome to Commonwealth Real Financial Talk. My name is Michael Widlake and I'm from Commonwealth Guardians. If you'd like more information about what you hear during today's show, please call us at 617-380-3440 or visit us online at commonwealthguardians.com. Now, while at my website, you click on the media page and check out any past shows that we've done. And you can also subscribe to our program here on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Please don't hesitate to reach out to us with questions or set up a face-to-face or virtual meeting. An increasing number of Americans are nearing retirement with too little savings. According to a U.S. News and World Report article, the best ways to boost your retirement savings after age 50. And during a time of inflation like we're currently facing, it may become even more difficult to save enough money to build your ideal retirement. The article further notes that magazine's recent survey of 2000 adults in which half of the respondents explained that they paused saving for retirement at some point in 2022 and 41% stopped kicking money into accounts like 401ks or IRAs. The article adds that financial services professionals it reached out to also said that they're worried about the current state of retirement savings, especially for those who are 50 and above and therefore have roughly 15 to 20 years to go before they leave the office for the final time. So if you're around 50 and your retirement savings is running short of where you'd like it to be, all is not necessarily lost because there are steps available that might help you add just a little extra fuel to your savings. But before we get begin discussing all of that some and some of our potential solutions, let me introduce my co-host, Tony Shore, who is my go-to source for book ideas. Tony, are there any good 2023 beach reads that <laughs> you're excited about? Wow. I do read a lot of books. Um, I love the Michael Connolly books, you know, the um, Lincoln Lawyer and uh, those books, uh, the Bosch series. But I like a good mystery or thriller. Um, I also like some Stephen King. He actually, um, at if you're into like sci-fi and fantasy, he had one out called Fairy Tale that I thought was very good. Um, I haven't read that that's one, but really I've read a good. lot of his stuff. Yeah, Fairy Tale is really good. It's his latest, um, and it's it's really good. It's been out a few months, but it's a good uh, summer read. Uh, but otherwise, I'm just a mystery thriller kind of a guy. Um, a little bit of science fiction sometimes, but otherwise. Uh, that's, that's me. And so, uh, I do like that. Um, how about you? Do you read a lot? I do. I've actually recently been rereading Agatha Christie. You're talking about oh, mysteries. Wow. Love Agatha. It's Agatha just Christie. such good writing. And I love, you know, I love just, uh, the storylines, the, you know, how 
uh, it's interesting. It, it piques your interest. You're trying to solve it. Yep. And then, she, of course, she comes up with a red herring and or two oh, yeah. in every single story. Yeah. I also like Stuart Woods. He's another uh, mystery thriller author. That's oh, nice. Pretty, pretty good. Um, but yeah, Michael Connolly is always good. Uh, those are great uh, legal and mystery thrillers, but I love mysteries. Uh, I love a good mystery. Agatha Christie, of course, is, you know, one of the best mystery the classic. Yeah. 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 And there's always people uh, revisiting the Sherlock Holmes character. You know, there's some new books out where, you know, they're creating new stories based around the character that are mysteries. And I always, really? yeah, I search those out. Uh, yeah. There's always somebody doing one. If you look, you know, it's a, it's like a different slant on the whole Sherlock Holmes uh, universe, and I, I love that one. So, yeah, yeah, it's always good. Uh, I'm glad to hear you're a mystery guy because I love mysteries and thrillers, that's for sure. Yeah, it's uh, especially if you're reading just for the joy of reading. Yeah. Like I, I read, this is, a, this is maybe a year ago, so I reread um, The Name of the Rose, which oh, is another Umberto mystery. Oh, Umberto Eco. Yeah, one of my favorite what, authors. I, I love that book. Yeah, one of my favorite authors too. I'm really sad because I'd love to have the movie version of that too. Yeah. And you can't buy it anymore. Yeah, Sean Connery was in it, right? Yeah. Yep. He was yep. Sean Connery as an Italian monk in his <laughs> with his Scottish I accent. Know. I know. The movie got panned because of things like that, but I enjoyed it. Uh, I really liked that book, though. And Umberto Eco, I think that's how you say it. I'm probably butchering it, but I've always said Umberto Eco. Uh, I really like uh, him as an author and that book, The Name of the Rose. That's a real, that's a, that's classic, considered classic literature at this point. But right. yeah. Well, there's another one, too, called Foucault's Pendulum, which, which is also by him. Yeah. And yep. it's another mystery. Yep. That's another good one. Yep. Yeah. I would, I would agree with that. Yeah. That's another good one. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And, uh, I read some science fiction too. uh, Heinlein, Robert Heinlein and, um, uh, people like that. I like those books. Um, yeah, the book that, uh, the, the short story that Blade Runner was based on the movie. He's the oh, guy who yeah, wrote that, that Robert, yeah, Robert that's, Heinlein. That, I knew I knew the name yeah. and then it was like, swirling around in my head going, who is this guy? Do robots dream of electric sheep? I think that's the actual yeah, name of the short the story name. that was yep. Blade Runner was based on. So yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, but uh, enough of that. Uh, I'm I'm older than 50 now, so I'm looking forward to the show because you're talking about uh, saving money Who uh, for those of us who are 50 or older, and it seems like a, a great topic, um, you know, uh, people want to know whether they have enough money to live the way they want in retirement. So uh, you want to be uh, have a rewarding retirement, not a difficult one, right? Exactly, Tony. And, you know, when it comes to boosting your retirement savings, once you turn 50, the article uh, talks about uh, taking advantage of retirement plan catch-up rules. Remembering, uh, remember, anyone who's nearing 50 or has already celebrated their 50th birthday might be able to implement legislative benefits in their own retirement accounts. When an employer-sponsored retirement account like his 401k or a 403b, there's a catch-up contribution opportunity for folks who are 50 or older. So this contribution that goes beyond the plan's initial limits for a non-employer individual retirement account like IRAs and Roth IRAs, there's also a catch-up opportunity. This means that whether your account is employer sponsored or you've gone your own way, catch up opportunities might be an ideal first step. 
The article provides the following example. If you contributed an additional $1,000 a year to your IRA and $7,500 a year to your employer sponsor plan, that's a grand total of $8,500. And if your money compounds at only 4% annually during that 15 year course from roughly from age 50 to 65, that $8,500 could be worth in the ballpark of $170,000. Wow. Wow. So if you're running a bit behind on retirement savings, catch-up opportunities would seem like a good reason to work with somebody like yourself then. Well, exactly. Just making sure you do it the best way possible. But maxing out retirement savings might be your next play. Folks who are at least 50 may benefit from contributing the maximum allowed to retirement accounts. You know, uh, Tony, in 2023, the limit for 401ks and other vehicles like that, employer-sponsored plans, uh, people that are 50 or older are allowed to contribute the maximum of $30,000 a year. Wow, so that's pretty good. The math on that, uh, taken from the article, is a 51-year-old who kicks in $30,000 every year for 15 years and averages 6% growth would have a total of about $740,000 when they turn 65. And if that person keeps going, contributing the max until they reach 70, they have a balance north of $1 million. Wow. So if you're in good health and enjoy your job working until the age of 70 and contributing the max amount to your retirement account could certainly pay off. But again, it depends on the situation. Nobody has a crystal ball, right? Exactly. You you need to understand what you're doing and make sure you're taking advantage of whatever is going on in the world at the time, because you're just like you said, no one has a crystal ball or not foretelling the future. We're just using math uh, to try to make better decisions. And math matters, I guess, is, is, is something that I find myself saying a lot. Math these matters. Days. You should have t-shirts made. Math matters. Yeah, the math matters. Yeah. So the, the next opportunity that people have is our health savings accounts. You know, HSAs might also help you catch up financially. If you're enrolled in a high deductible health insurance plan and you have and you want to consider dedicating the maximum allowed to that, then assuming your HSA balance grows because you're not using it all every year, you might be able to work with a financial services professional to invest that long-term portion of that money to utilize possible long-term growth. Uh, many people can open up an HSA at a credit union or your bank or an employer uh, or even an insurance company may also have access to various financial institutions that might be able to help you leverage that money in your HSA. Right. And that's really important. Uh, I think HSAs are a great tool for people and they, they can be underused because the, you can carry those into retirement. Now, what about Social Security uh, being part of a person's retirement catch-up strategy? Is that part of it? Certain, certainly. According to the article, the average retirement age right now is currently 61 years old. It seems early, doesn't it? Yeah. But that doesn't mean someone looking to stash away more money can't retire well after that age. For those of us who were born in 60 or later, the full Social Security retirement age is 19, is 67 years old, which is the point at which you'll receive 100% of your monthly benefit. But 
by delaying filing for your social security benefit until you're 70, your payment increases by 8% per year. And that increase only ends once you turn 70. Oh, okay. So according to the data from the journal of financial planning, beginning social security at 70 rather than 62 increases monthly payments by a whopping 77%. Oh, wow. Yeah. Huge difference by taking it early at 62 versus waiting until you're 70. Of course, you know, you have to look at your time horizon and your life expectancy, but wow, that's a lot of money over a lifetime that that could add up to be. So uh, let's take a moment here. Uh, I know that you have a social security maximization report you can run for folks and, oh, yeah. and you're offering no charge consultations. It, it, how can our listeners get a hold of you if they have questions or want to set up that no charge consultation? So listeners can go to my website, commonwealthguardians.com and there's a a contact us and you can schedule an appointment right on my calendar or you can call Shanna in the office at 617-380-3440 with any questions. You're absolutely right when you said um, it all depends upon your situation. We said delaying your social security till 70 makes it the payments a lot more, but that's not the end of that story. Of course, it has to fit in harmony with every other piece of your financial plan to make sure you get the maximum value out of each of the pieces not rob from one to get a better benefit from another, which might not work out in your favor. Again, the math matters and uh, making the math work in your favor without being able to foretell the future, as opposed to just hoping that good results will happen is, is you know, is a recipe for not achieving your goals. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can imagine. Well, uh, this has been a great discussion so far. What's next on the agenda? So a thorough review of your entire monthly budget is also a way to cut some expenses, reducing your overall debt and save more for retirement. While this particular strategy might only free up a modest amount of cash every month, those even smallish additional retirement savings contributions could do two things. First, an extra $100 a month in contributions during the next 10 or 15 years may grow and earn compounding interest, which could ultimately lead to significant difference in how much you got in your retirement nest egg. And secondly, it might prove to you that you can comfortably live off less money, much less than you've thought. And that knowledge can help you devise a model that requires less money to retire and then lasts longer during that retirement. So what's that saying? Ben Franklin is alleged to have coined uh, a penny saved is a penny earned. That makes sense. and, you know, I, I think uh, there's a fine line to walk here. I don't think people should be planning to live on nothing. And, uh, you know, I, I uh, have this idea that the federal government uh, looked at how people, the average people, um, act in retirement and what they do with the retirement savings that they have, and it, it, they don't spend it. They try to hold on to it. And that's damaging in several ways um, on the taxation of that money. So it's really important to make sure that you understand the different parameters of the decisions that you make, not just say, oh, well, I'm going to live on $60,000 a year instead of a hundred, because that, that could end up help helping uncle Sam more than it helps you. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Good point. And, and so the article's next piece of advice um, 
is keep working. And I know this is something that a lot of our listeners are probably don't want to hear, but I'd encourage them to keep an open mind because staying on the job a few years longer than you might've anticipated when you were younger is a, a significant opportunity to boost your savings. As we said earlier in the show, Tony, if you're in good health and you still feel enthusiastic about your work, why not stick around a little bit longer? But there's another option with regard to this. You could retire from your established career and then work a couple days a week to earn some extra money. And I'm not talking about working the third shift at the local factory. I'm talking about maybe the local coffee shop or the bookstore or the hardware store where where it can provide you with some extra cash to make that retirement just a little bit more fun. But it also might be something that you get a kick out of. You might find that you enjoy having an excuse just to get out of the house a couple days extra a week. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, that's probably a good idea anyway. Right. Um, you certainly have to have something to do. Yeah. Yeah. And so keeping working, that's something that uh, people may or may not want to hear, but I know more and more people who are doing it and, uh, you know, you can call the shots on how and when you work during retirement. So you might as well make the most of it. Certainly. And in this day and age with, you know, the lowest unemployment ever, um, uh, as an employee, you have, you do have some leverage. Yeah, you, you definitely do. So what's next? So finally, uh, work with your financial services professional to utilize additional savings opportunities. When you're building a financial strategy after 50, it could be important to thoroughly consider what your current life stage and your typical earnings are in comparison to others at your age. The article notes that career earnings and average annual income will hit, often hits a ceiling when folks are in their 50s and 60s and not yet retired. Furthermore, those in that age group might also have kids just entering adulthood and coming off the mom and dad payroll, which frees up some cash. Likewise, people around this age are often reasonably close to paying off their mortgages, all of which means that thanks to higher earnings and smaller expenses, you might be presented with the ability to save a little bit more. Yeah, and that's that's what we want to do and have a successful retirement. Now we're getting uh, we're getting on in the conversation here, but tell us why working with somebody like yourself, a financial services professional, is so important, or maybe it's so important. Well, so when you're turning fifty and you realize that you're running short in your savings, you can it can feel like a kick in the teeth. And after all, you're, if you're in your 50s and it's a time to start dreaming about the lifestyle that you want to live in your retirement and to ponder the trips that you're going to take, the books that you're going to read, and uh, when time is no longer an issue. But it's important not to panic. Take a breath. Call your financial service professional and book an appointment. And if you don't already have one, reach out to a trusted family and friends for referrals. Ultimately, a second set of eyes might reveal relatively modest tweaks to the strategy that you're already doing that could enhance how much you're able to save for your retirement. And from there, meet regularly with your financial services professional to review your strategy to see if any further changes are in order and be nimble. Understand that you might have to change your mindset now and then adjust to the times, considering that Less than five years ago, extreme inflation 
nobody was talking about that. But in the last year or two years, it's become a major source of conversation when I meet with clients. Yeah, yeah, it it is. Uh, uh, that is a popular conversation right now, especially. And you want to make sure that you have a solid plan in place and that you trust somebody who does this, who goes through this retirement process with people on a regular basis uh, and looks at the big picture. That's so important, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I always tell people that you want to make sure that you're getting the most bang for your buck. You're using the math and you're using different kind of strategies to diversify how you're investing your money so that you're not reliant on just one idea, but also so that you're diversifying the, the outcome because sometimes you might have one strategy that's significantly up even in a down market and the other strategies are down and then they balance out over a longer period of time and diversification of tax responsibility diversification of uh, uh, investment strategy can lead to better results and get more bang for your buck out of what you're doing sure so a good discussion today we're talking about saving after 50 and what you need to do to be prepared for retirement uh, is there anything else on this topic you want to touch on today? So I do want to talk about our better ensuring that you have a retirement savings that you need by focusing on how you might be able to max out your social security. We touched on social security a couple of times earlier in the show, but I think it now deserves our full focus. And there's an article written by us news and world report, 10 strategies to maximize social security that work. And it has some details that I think many of our listeners are going to find useful. Tip one is to work for at least 35 years because your social security payment is tabulated using your 35 highest earning years. If you don't work at least 35 years, those non-working years are marked as zero. And that can reduce your payments significantly. Even low earning years are better than zero years. And if you're well established in your career and earning as much as you ever have, waiting to file at your full retirement age or even waiting until 70 can provide you with a few more valuable high earning years in your social security's tabulation. Now this is something that social security is gonna do for you anyway. If Even if you file at your full retirement age but you keep working until 70 and you're earning higher, social security will retabulate what your highest 35 years are and your social security benefit could go up. So there's several things about social security that I think it's important to know and it's important to understand. And it's a very complex topic. It should be easy, but it isn't. Yeah. And, and you're talking about replacing those zero years with low earning years because something is better than nothing. And if working a little longer means some of those low earning years are replaced by higher earning years, it may be worth it to uh, put up with the commute just a little bit longer, especially if you already enjoy your work and the people you work with, right? Well, you know, I meet both sides of this equation virtually every day. People like, oh, Mike, I got to retire as soon as I possibly can. Or, you know what? I actually like what I do. It brings real value to my life. I think it's important. I'm going to keep working. Even though I could retire now, I want to keep working. So, you know, you never know. And, you know, let's move on. The next tip is about social security is don't file before you hit your full retirement age is something that I alluded to just a moment ago, but I want to spend a little bit more time on this because to me, it's kind of important. As some of you are probably aware, your monthly social security payment is reduced 
if you choose to begin payments prior to your full retirement age. So full retirement age is currently 66 for folks born between 1943 to 54, and then it increases by in two-month intervals for those born in 55 and eventually hits 66 in 10 months for those who are born in 59. And then the full retirement age for everyone born in 1960 or later is 67. If you file at age 62, your monthly payment will be 25% smaller if your full retirement age is 66, and it will be 30% smaller if you, if your full retirement age is 67. Okay. And what about waiting to file for Social Security until you're age 70? So going that route means you'll secure a larger monthly payment and you'll earn delayed retirement credits that will nudge up your payment by 8% for every year that you delay. So if your full retirement age is 66, waiting to file until you're 70 puts you in a position to earn up to four years of delayed retirement credits and thereby drive your monthly payment up by as much as 32%. Folks with a full retirement age of 67 can utilize three years of delayed retirement credits, which means a 24% jump in their eventual monthly payment. Okay. So that's a, that's, that's a big one. It certainly strikes me as a good incentive to wait until age 70 to file for Social Security, if possible. And remind people, though, about some potential Social Security strategies for married couples. So married people are allowed to claim Social Security payments that are worth up to 50% of their spouse's benefit if that amount happens to be higher than their own payment. To qualify for the full 50%, you'll need to sign up for Social Security spousal payments at your full retirement age, which again is 66 for most baby boomers. Spousal payments shrink if you claim them before you reach your full retirement age. Ex-spouses might also receive spousal payments if their marriage lasted for at least 10 years. And additionally, if one part of a married couple passes away, the surviving spouse might inherit the deceased spouse's entire monthly benefit if it's higher than their own current monthly payment. Furthermore, married couples might be able to increase their Social Security payment the surviving spouse receives by having the higher earner delay their filing date. Also, there is a one-time death payment of $225 that might be claimed by the surviving spouse if they are living with the deceased or are receiving Social Security benefits based on the deceased's work history. And in some cases, kids are also eligible for Social Security, correct? That's right. A deceased person's children might qualify for payments until they turn 18 or 19 and are full-time high school students. A widow or widower who's caring for a dependent child younger than 16 or a disabled child who developed that condition before turning 22 might also qualify for benefits. Be aware that Social Security has a family maximum of 150 to 180% of the deceased person's benefit. And if all qualifying family members go beyond this limit, each person's benefit is reduced. Okay. And that makes sense. Well, this has been an excellent show today, Michael, uh, but we're out of time. Is there anything else you want to add before we go? So if you'd like to talk about anything we discussed today and we un we opened a big, huge can of worms, I think, please visit my website, commonwealthguardians.com and go to the contact us and schedule an appointment right on my calendar or call Shanna in my office at 617-380-3440. 
and you can get on my calendar. We can discuss how we might be able to answer all your questions and address any concerns that you have. All right. That sounds great. Good show today, Michael. And uh, talking about saving after 50, a very important discussion to have. I would encourage our listeners out there to make sure that they go ahead and work with somebody like yourself. And I know you're more than happy to talk to our listeners about this, aren't you? Certainly. We want to make sure that people get their questions answered. And I always say that when we meet people, we're developing a snapshot of their financial situation and a roadmap of what they want their retirements to look like. And then we then we talk about what they need to do to make those two things match. Excellent. Well, great show today, listeners. Thanks for tuning in. That does it for today's episode of Commonwealth Real Financial Talk. Thank you for listening to Commonwealth Real Financial Talk. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Michael Whitlake at Commonwealth Guardians. Call 617-380-3440 or visit them online at CommonwealthGuardians.com. Michael Whitlake offers investment advisory services through Gradium Advisors, LLC, Arden Hills, Minnesota, 877-885-0508, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Gradient Advisors. LLC and its advisors do not render tax, legal, or accounting advice. Commonwealth Guardians is not a registered investment advisor and is independent of Gradient Advisors LLC insurance products and services are offered through Michael Widlake, independent agent. Commonwealth Guardians, Michael Widlake, and Gradient Advisors LLC are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration, the Federal Medicare Program, or any government agency. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Calling this number will direct you to a licensed sales agent.